Trevor, mix one. Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have on the line right now? Hello, are you there, caller? Uh, yes, I am. Who are you? I'm Nick Collins <clears throat> from the Dirt Bombs. Welcome to the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show, Mick Collins. Well, thank you for having me. And I tried to welcome you with the holy grail in my mind of Detroit rock and roll. Did you recognize the song that I played? I've heard it before, but for the, for the life of me, I can't figure out who it is right this minute. <laughs> it is the Minor Birds featuring Rick the James Birds, on vocals and Neil Young, yeah, Neil Young. on guitar. <laughs> Basically, right. the holy grail of Detroit rock and roll. And that's actually, I'm not actually sure if that's on the Motown box set. I got that as a little extra emailed to me by somebody kind of surreptitiously. Right. So I'm not sure if that's on there. That's I'll wait forever. But you're a big fan of the big Motown box set, aren't you, Mick Collins of the Dirt Bombs? Yes, I am. 
What's the? I'm mo- very happy that they're putting out all of those singles all at one go. What do you think about the Minor Birds? Is that the holy grail to you? Like Neil Young, Rick James together. Yeah, well, it's that's a really good one, and yeah, there there are a bunch of other recordings done by them that were never released. So yes, that would be on the holy grail list. But there are others, you know. For me personally, there's um, the Andantes, which were the backing singers on, on on every other Motown record. They were a girl group. They only had one single, and that one is impossible to find. That would, for me personally, that would be the one because I absolutely love their voices. Was that included on the box set, or just totally ignored? Did they yes. try to no, find? They have one, I believe they have one of the two songs, they might, but they were doing all A's and B's, so they should have the single on the box set. Mick Collins, when the Dirt Bombs come to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, tomorrow night to Richards on Richards, will you be playing any Canadian cover songs? Will you be doing any Minor Birds? <laughs> well, maybe not the Minor Birds, but we were considering If You Could Read My Mind by Gordon Lightfoot. Have you done that one before? Have you done any Canadian <laughs> covers? <laughs> no, let me think. That's a good question. What have we played? Because you, uh, you've done a lot Canadian of... Canadian bands, you're, You've played Vancouver quite a few times. You're doing a full-on Canadian tour now. You must be really sucking in Canada. I love it. Well, you know, I'm, I'm from Detroit, so I live on the border. I consider myself to be half Canadian, culturally speaking. Yeah, you've been sucking in Canada for a long time, haven't you, for Mick? my entire life, man. I, I grew up on the Friendly Giant and Casey and Finnegan like everybody else. Mick Collins from the Dirt Bombs, the Motown <laughs> Museum. What's that like, the Motown Museum? It is very nice because it, um, everything is still there. Everything that they use to make the records is actually still sitting there, and you get to actually, some of it you get to actually touch and play around with and things. And, you know, you can walk in the control room and all the speakers are still there exactly as they were. There are, you know, it's, it's all still there. It's great. You, there's, a, there's a place inside the museum where there's a hole in the ceiling, and inside, the, if you look up in the hole, you see the attic, and that was where the reverb chamber was, from, you know, the famous Motown reverb that's on every record. It's right there, and you can sing into it. Have any Pretty bands awesome. been able to sneak in there and record? Have you ever thought about recording there? Has anybody <laughs> recorded in there? Yes, um, Anita Baker cut part of her first LP in there before they had finished doing the total remodel on the museum. But you can't go into the museum and just have fun, like, record, just like the no, Motowners sure, did. It would be great. <laughs> it sure would be great, but no, you can't do that. Have that you visited the Sun radical. Studio? How about the sun, How does the Motown Studio versus the Sun Studio? Have you visited the Sun Studio at all? Uh, the one time we tried to go to the Sun Studio, it was closed. Now, the, I will say, you do get to play with the, uh, the Sun Studio. is still a, a opera, operating recording studio. So that's that's nice if you got the money because you know you too recorded there. So if you can afford the you know the studio rates, you can record at Sun, but you can't record at Motown anymore. Mick Collins, Detroit? Question mark and the Mysterians. I keep forgetting that question mark and Mysterians are they a Detroit band? I think they are, aren't they? Yes, you know nominally speaking, they are. They are technically. They're from Saginaw, Michigan, but yeah, we consider them to be, you know, one of ours. I saw a clip of them performing in 1967 on a Dick Clark show, and they were doing, Girl, You Captivate Me, but they were saying, Girl, You Masturbate Me, because that's actually in the lyric, and that actually (laughs) slipped through Dick Clark in 1967. Oh, that's pretty cool. (laughs) It's masturbation, getting on the air in 1967, and Dick Clark not even mentioning it. What do you know about swearing and stuff for Detroit bands? Were the MC5, do you think, the first band to say motherfucker? <laughs> Hello? Yes. We're still oh, yeah. on the air. <laughs> um, they, uh, as far as I know, they were. How about, 
other sort of stuff about the MC5 Mick Collins. I'd heard that Wayne Kramer had the MC5 eat cottage cheese and T-bone steaks for six months. Is that true? <laughs> Have you heard anything about that at all, Mick Collins? <laughs> I think I'd heard about the cottage cheese part, but I didn't know it was the entire band. Yeah, the entire band for six months. Cottage cheese and T-bone steaks. What would that do to the Dirt Bombs? How would that affect your recordings if the Dirt Bombs had cottage cheese and T-bone steaks for six months? We would probably all die if we were on tour just eating that. You don't think it would improve you? You know, like, even make it even better? Like, you know, the the meat, you know what I mean? Because, like, the live performance of the Dirt Bombs, you're giving her. Like, wouldn't the T-bone do it for you? Oh, no, that would make us really sluggish. Mick, were you ever... a lot more like Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young if we were playing. Like, we, that's all we were eating. <laughs> Mick, from the Dirt Bombs playing tomorrow night at Richards & Richards in Vancouver, B.C., Canada, were you ever offered to sing for the MC5 when they did that reunion tour with Mark Arm and su- such singing for them? I did, in fact, sing for the MC5 when they played Detroit. What songs did, did you do? Oh, what? looking at you. Had you yeah. had you performed that before? Did you have? Did you already know the lyrics? Uh, I, I already knew the lyrics, but I had never played it live. Maybe the Gorys did it once or twice, but I've never actually done it. And then uh, you know, I got up there and played it in front of an audience with the MC5. We met them again at a festival in Italy, but by that time I had laryngitis, like I do right now, so <laughs> I wasn't able to play it to, to perform it with them at that time. Well, thank you very much, uh, Mick Collins, for taking the time to speak to me, Nardwarda Human Serviette. And we're live here on the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show on CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. If anybody has any questions for Mick Collins of the Dirt Bombs, it's 604-822-2487, 604-UBC. C-I-T-R. And I have a question, another question for you, Mick Collins. You're talking about Canada and stuff. You taught me a little bit about Canada. You've taught me about Canada. I did? How is that possible, Nardwar? In in the Gories, you have a song about the Northwest Passage. (laughs) Oh, yes. That that turned me on to the Gories. I didn't know anything about you guys. We got the record in at C-I-T-R, and somebody written about that this song was about the Northwest Passage. What song was that that was about the Northwest? It was like Sovereignty Flight or something yeah, like the that? the song is called Sover- Sovereignty Flight, yes. Sovereignty Flight. What made you write a song about the Northwest Passage? Was that the influence of all the Canadian t- radio and TV that you had heard? I happened to be watching The National on CBC, and uh, they did a story about the uh, Northwest Passage, and... Uh, I, I was sufficiently moved to write a song about it. Because that turned me on to the Northwest Passage, and since then, I've really got into it. And my own band, The Evaporators, we even do a song called St. Rock about the first band, the first band, actually the first, well, they might have been a band, they might have brought some guitars as well, the first boat to go <laughs> for the Northwest Passage back and forth. So, like, you turned me on to the Northwest Passage, the Gories, wow. Canadian, Canadian content, the Gories. That, that's, <laughs> is that how people, how have people reacted to their songs? Have you had reactions? Do you turn people on to certain songs and certain groups and stuff like that? Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's funny because uh, I never thought of it as, as doing, as, as like trying to educate anyone. It was just a song that like I, I was, I sort of was in the moment when I wrote the song. But, you know, I'm, I suppose people do. You know, people are turned on to different subjects by the songs that I write. But um, I never actually considered it. <laughs> yeah, the Northwest Passage. You tainted me for life. I totally got into it. However, you are having a hard time educating people, aren't you, Mick? Because weren't you on the radio at WDET in Detroit, but you were taken off the uh-huh. air? Mick, Mick Collins was taken off the air. What happened there? Oh, they took all the music people off the air. 
it wasn't just me. I was the I was merely the first one to go, but a week later everybody else went too. That's kind of a downer <laughs> though, wasn't it? Public radio, like they took public radio off the air. Like you were having some really neat shows, didn't you? You were teaching a lot of people about music and stuff. I, I thought I was. <laughs> it was, I wasn't just screaming drunkenly into the mic most weekends like everybody, like I seemed to think I was doing. Everybody seemed to be really into the show, but uh, yeah, it was. Um, that was my mandate was to it was a sort of a, a musical education show. So I, I focused on on one artist for half an hour and told everything I knew about them and played a bunch of songs. Ben, the drummer of the Dirt Bombs, Ben will be performing tonight uh, uh, wherever. Where are you performing tonight at all anywhere? No, no, we are going. Uh, we're actually going over the Rockies tonight, so we're not going any. We're not doing any shows. But tomorrow, <laughs> Unless you count running from bears. We might be playing for some bears tonight. Tomorrow night at Richards and Richards, Ben will be playing drums. Who else is in the Dirt Bombs for this particular tour? Okay, also on drums, along with Ben Blackwell, is Patrick J. Pantano. On bass is Troy Gregory, and on fuzz is Co Molina. Mick Collins, Ben also taught me a little bit about Canada because in his blog he was talking about the band The Jarvis Street Review from Thunder Bay. <laughs> and I'd never heard of The Jarvis Street Review, prog rock from Thunder Bay in 1970. So not only are you teaching me about Canada, your bandmates, your drummer is teaching me about <laughs> Canada. You really have all this like... Canada Action, and speaking of teachers, you don't have your radio show, but Co, the fuzz bassist in your band, she has a radio show, which I listen to quite a bit. Are you getting many Co fans coming out to the gigs, like people to listen to Co on the radio and want to check out Co's band? Uh, yes, we do. Every, almost every other show, roughly speaking, there'll be someone there who, who is familiar with Co from the radio show. Usually it's just creepy fat dudes who like girls in rock bands. And that's from Little Steven's Underground Garage. Is Co taping her show on the road, like in your giant tour bus? Are you pre-taping shows? Is Co doing <laughs> shows then? Yes, in the northwest wing of the giant tour bus, Co does her show occasionally when she's so moved. When you've been pulling into different towns, Mick Collins of the Dirt Bombs, how is your furry comic collection coming along? You're into furry comics, aren't you? Uh, that's right, I am. I'm a big furry fan. What is furry comics? Is that like stuff? What is furry comics, Mick Collins? Okay, um, a furry comic is a comic book um, or art which involves anthropomorphic animals, like animals that, that talk and act like humans. That's... You know, the, the best example would be Bugs Bunny would be a furry because he's a rabbit, but he talks and acts like a human. Have people dressed up as furry comic characters and come out to dirt bomb gigs at all, Mick Collins? No, I'm waiting for that. Anybody who does that is definitely going to get in for free if I see them coming in. And that's tomorrow <laughs> night. A couple of girls in cat ears. And that's tomorrow night at Richards on Richards. The Dirt Bombs are going to be playing 604-822-2487, UBC, CITR. If you have any questions right now to speak to Mick Collins from the Dirt Bombs, playing Richards and Richards tomorrow night, that's Saturday in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You're playing Vancouver. Have you played Toronto much over the years? Did the Gories play Toronto much? What's... The Gories never played Toronto, but we did play Windsor a couple of times. What's your history of playing Canada? Did you play early on in the Gories, early on in the Dirt Bombs? Did it take a while or right off the bat pretty much? No, I think when the, the, the Gories had been, been around a couple of years before we played Windsor, the Dirt Bombs had been around for, well, I didn't actually have a, I formed the Dirt Bombs in 1992, but I didn't have a, tour, a performing lineup until about 1997. And around about that time, we did our first show at the Rivoli in Toronto. 
What sort of bands, then, uh, what bands were you playing with at that time? Were you playing with bands like the Leather Uppers? What sort of bands were you playing with? Yeah, in fact, we did play with the Leather Uppers what, at that show. <laughs> what, what Canadian bands do you remember from the early days of your rock and roll? Like in Windsor, do you remember the bands you played with? I was just curious there, McCollins. I, I think we opened, uh, when, the, when the Goys played Windsor, we opened for the Gruesomes from Montreal. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And I think uh, the other band I remember, it, I want to say Scared of Shaka, but that wasn't them. There was, there was another, there was, a, there was one really good band we played with at the Horseshoe in Toronto. And unfortunately, now that I'm forced to remember who they are, I can't, rem- can't remember the band name. Well, you have, a long, you have a long van drive from where you are to Vancouver <laughs> to think about that the entire way. And Mick Collins at the Dirt Bombs, what about early Andrew W.K.? Did you ever play any gigs with Andrew W.K. in his earlier incarnation when he was drumming for, like, the Pterodactyls or any of the Bulb Records bands? Did you ever encounter Andrew W.K.? Um, I, I guess I did because we knew all the Bulb record guys. Um, we, I almost had a record out on Bulb, in fact, before, they, uh, before the two guys split up and one of the guys moved to Boston. Um, so I guess I must have met Andrew because we did go to the Bulb shows all the time. How about early Jack White? Really early Jack White when he was the drummer for Goober and the Peas. A caller phoned in off the air and asked uh-huh. me to ask this question. His name is Frank. He does the Rumble Tone radio show here on CITR. And he remembers seeing Jack White dressed head to toe in cowboy gear with a complete white face. This is when he was playing with the country band Goober and the Peas walking in Santa Monica on the pier there beside <laughs> girls with bikinis. Like, he held the image of the country drummer with complete oh, white totally. face back then in Santa Monica. <laughs> Did he actually look like that all the time, Jack White? Like, he just took it to the extreme. Do you remember Jack drumming for Gubernapis and wearing a complete uh, white face? And what if he hung out on the beach on Santa Monica yeah. wearing that? <laughs> well, that does sound like something he would do, for sure. Um, I didn't see, when he was drumming for them, I had stopped watching Goober and the Peas at that point. I had been to see them a bunch of times, but I, I, that was the last go-around for Goober and the Peas when Jack was with the band. Speaking of hot countries and stuff, or down under, you did a tour of New Zealand, didn't you? Yes, we did. And that was facilitated by... Well, that, that was the beginning of this tour, in fact. We're still on that tour. Oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> that, yeah. That was facilitated, I think, by John Baker, wasn't it? The legendary yes, it John Baker. The legendary John Baker, that's right. And Grant <laughs> Lawrence from CBC Radio 3 and also the Schmugglers told me a story when the Schmugglers went down to play in New Zealand that John Baker had interesting ways of marketing the bands he was taking on tour. Like, for instance, he hired again a whole bunch of bikini girls and had them run up to the smugglers and just totally like surround them and then people are like who is this band who is this band and John was like that's the smugglers go and see them tonight go and see them tonight <laughs> how were you promoted Mick Collins of the Dirt Bombs when you went to New Zealand how did John Baker the genius John Baker promote you oh that's a good question I think he's talked to more regular normal sort of means of, of uh, large print and television advertising <laughs> we didn't get any bikini-clad girls running to meet us at the airport, unfortunately. Weren't you yourself, though, trying to promote yourself by doing, like, an ode to Australia, New Zealand, a cover of Ray Columbus and the Invaders? Weren't you going to do, like, a Ray Columbus and the Invaders, a 60s band from Down Under cover? Yeah, we did. We, we cut it, but, um, and we gave the tapes to John, and then uh, they vanished. <laughs> what can you tell the people about Ray Columbus and the Invaders, one of the amazing down-under 60s rock bands? 
Oh yes, they were uh, one of the really good bands from from New Zealand. You know, a, a plethora of really fantastic '60s beat bands from from New Zealand. Uh, Ray Columbus was one of was among the was among the best of them. And we met Ray while we were there. And in fact, he played a show uh, with us in Auckland, I believe. And uh, he was really great. Uh, it might have been Wellington. Do you remember he the was song? Really fantastic, what, a fantastic guy. What was the song that you guys recorded? We did "Kick Me." Kick Which me. is a song about a uh, particularly bumpy airline flight, apparently. Now, doesn't In Excess have some sort of song called Kick Me as well? <laughs> no, they have an album called Kick. So you're on that kick sort of vibe, aren't you? You're, you're, yeah, you're, you're yeah, able to go from Ray Columbus and the Invaders, Kick Me, to Kick <laughs> by In Excess. Two songs, two songs off of the album Kick by In Excess. And, and that will be performed tomorrow night, most likely, at Richards & Richards in Vancouver, British Maybe. Columbia, Canada. <laughs> Maybe if the audience if the, if the audience really wants to hear it, if, <laughs> if we haven't been booed off the stage by them, then maybe we'll play the an NXS song. Have anybody that's ever been covered by you ever got mad that you covered them? Like, have you ever encountered some hostility <laughs> from the originals? Because you've done so many amazing, great covers. A lot of times, of obscure bands that maybe don't want to know that they were covered by the Dirt Bombs. Have you had any <laughs> reactions to that at all? We had heard that the, one of the songs that we did, which was uh, a group called The Black Diamonds, we did a song called I Want You, I Need You, I Love You. Um, it was an Australian band called The Black Diamonds, and apparently one of them heard it. And uh, the, guy, the guy who heard it said, wow, it's supposed to be loud, but not that loud. <laughs> That's the only response I ever heard. Although Alan Vega, I was told, um, really enjoyed the one cover of song that I did by him. The suicide cover. Yes. Oh, we have another suicide cover, um, actually, on our on our most most recent single, which was released in Ireland only. We do uh, Rocket USA. Are there any record labels you're still waiting to get on, Mick Collins? You've released singles like on all these different labels that you haven't released. Like, are you still waiting for a label to, to release your stuff? Like, what is out there still for you to conquer? Um, I'm still waiting for that contract from True North. <laughs> Boom. That is a Canadian connection for sure. As you're touring across this great nation of Canada and well, actually from New Zealand all over the world, the Dirt Bombs World Tour, Mick Collins, and it's coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada tomorrow night to Richards on Richards. There's this Dirt Bombs poster series that's out there. Clubs are making posters for all your appearances or artists are specific posters. Yes. Yeah, there's been a poster for every show in North America. And um, there will be one for the show tomorrow night at Richards on Richards. What is your feelings about that? Did you start that up because there are less posters these days when bands play that promoters just rely on Internet or little web flyers and stuff? What are your feelings about postering in the 21st century? It seemed, it seemed to me, the reason I was so keen on it was it seemed to me like a sort of meta art project, you know? You're in, you know, we're we're a band. You know, it's like it's, it's you know, the music is an art form, engaging another set of artists to, to create a sort of meta work of art. And I was really was really pleased about that. I really liked the idea of it. The last time I saw you play, Mick Collins, you played at the Las Vegas Shakedown that I attended in two thousand and one. What do you remember about the Las Vegas Shakedown from two thousand and one? What do I remember about it? Oh, I had God's own hangover that day. <laughs> I thought it was quite a crazy event. <clears throat> I was perf- invited to perform a game with my rock and roll band, and they said to us, you could perform at either 4 a.m. or 4 p.m. 
That's what they said to us. 4 a.m. or 4 p.m. And what did I choose? <laughs> Which one did you choose? Guess. Oh, well, you probably picked the 4 a.m. No, 4 p.m. Picked the 4 p.m.? Yes, I did, because I just thought it was going to be just too much to like make people yeah. wait to 4 a.m. Unfortunately, I said, okay, 4 p.m., well, unfortunately, maybe unfortunately, people that saw us, but the few people that sauntered in there. But I said, okay, we're on at 4 p.m. And we showed up at 4 p.m. and told the few people that were wanting to come and see us we're on at 4 p.m. And they made us wait to 5 p.m. <laughs> so as a result, you had these people just totally sweating, basically in their shorts, passed oh, out, yeah. sleeping on that concrete floor, waiting for the whole thing to begin. It was quite an experience yes. there at the Las Vegas Shakedown. Probably the exact opposite of you guys getting to perform at Con for Diving Bell and the Butterflies premiere, that amazing movie. That was incredible, Mick Collins. Yes, it was. It was quite an experience, too. Apparently, we were the only live band at any movie party at Con. I discovered that you were in the movie by going to the movie. I didn't even know you were in the movie because it's a pretty heavy movie, isn't it? It's pretty heavy. Yeah, yes, it is. It's a pretty it's, heavy. It's, it's heavy, yeah. It's an amazing story about a guy who had locked-in syndrome, and all he could do basically is blink because he had suffered a massive stroke. So you're not sort of expecting that, like, the dirt bombs are going to pop up. So I'm kind of in my seat there, cowering, or enjoying the movie somewhat, and then, like, the dirt bombs come in. And I'm like, man, this is going to be good. Everything's going to be better. And, like, and then the movie got brighter at that point there, too. Did you know what yeah. the movie was about at all? Did it seem like it would be heavy to you? What was your reaction when you saw the movie? We had heard, you know, when we found out we were in the movie, we all checked it out to see what it was about because it hadn't opened yet. And we were all, and we, we thought, wow, this is really going to be something else. Like, how do, how do we figure in? We were asking the same question, like, how do the dirt bombs figure in in this? You know, so we, and then when the movie came out, we saw how it worked out. We were like, oh, that's pretty cool. And, you know, we, we were pretty thrilled to be in that spot in the movie. And the go- apparently the, 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 the group that got kicked out of that spot was the Rolling Stones. Whoa, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so Rolling Stones canceled and Dirt Bombs took over. <laughs> that's pretty good. Hey, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mick Collins of the Dirt Bombs, also curious, Julian Schnabel, who directed the movie, he's an interesting character, isn't he? Like, his wife designs pajamas, and Julian wears pajamas all the time. What was Julian yes, he like? He was really, really great. Actually, after, after we played um, the show, we did 30 minutes at the party, um, at which Sharon Stone stayed for the whole thing, actually. That was what they keep telling us. Um, he came backstage in his pajamas <laughs> with a tray of pastries, and he said, hey, let's do some pastries. <laughs> and I said, I have to admit that of all the things I've been asked to do backstage after a show, pastries has never been on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Ba-boom! Didn't he also want to hook you guys up with Kravitz? Didn't he also want to have the Dirt Bombs and Kravitz get together? Didn't he have some idea yeah, for that? Yeah, he had, he had some idea about us playing with Lenny Kravitz, yeah. <laughs> yeah that one still makes us laugh. And he also has some sort of rock and roll connections, too, because didn't his daughter date a chili pepper, too? Like, so he's kind of into the chili pepper scene, too? Really? I hadn't heard that. Yeah, I heard his daughter dated that Frusciani guy from the Chili Peppers. Actually, the guy, <laughs> the guy who wouldn't do pastries, the guy who would probably do drugs. That, so that's yeah. probably why he loved you guys. Because yeah, he would do a whole lot more than pastries backstage. Uh, Mick Collins of the Dirt Bombs playing tomorrow night at Riches and Riches. Also, you saw Kate Hudson there. I heard reports you saw Kate Hudson there. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I personally saw Catherine Deneuve. 
As I said, well, I, I, I heard you yeah, saw. I know it was her. <laughs> I heard you saw Kate Hudson there, and it made me think: Isn't there a Kate Hudson dirt bombs connection? Hmm, not one that I'm familiar with. Well, when I think of it, because when I think of the dirt bombs, I kind of think of Detroit, and then of course I think of the Detroit Cobras. And isn't there a Detroit Cobras Black Crows connection? Oh yes, yes there is. That's right. Because at one I've forgotten about that. Because at one point, did dating Kate Hudson? Well, I just kind of thought, yes. Well, the, one of the guys in Black Crows did at one time, right? So in the in indirectly, it goes like dirt bombs, Black Crows, Kate Hudson. It's all there. Like it was a giant party, all for you there at <laughs> at Con. <laughs> all right. And then I was thinking more about the Detroit Cobras. What do you think about Amy Winehouse ripping off the Detroit Cobras? Is that classic Detroit? Like Detroit does it first, and then somebody comes along and kind of steals elements of that. I, Amy Winehouse, oh, totally. Amy Winehouse versus <laughs> Detroit Cobras, because I love the Cobras and all the stuff they've been doing. I just love it, and I just uh-huh. I just heard a bit of Amy Winehouse's in there. I felt, oh man, stolen, stolen from Detroit again. Yeah, it would seem that if anybody was going to be able to, to take the to you know, steal the Cobras show, it would be Amy Winehouse to be sure. Mick Collins from the Dirt Bombs. Speaking of stealing stuff, did the Gorys get some money from Warner Brothers years ago? Because you were signed to Warner Brothers at the tail end, weren't you? Like David Katz Nelson signed you? Yeah, I was signed to Warner Brothers. The Gorys never got signed. We never worked out a deal for them, but I signed a development deal for, for uh, to Warner Brothers. And then I, I, so I was actually signed to Warner Brothers for four years. That's a long during time. time I, yeah, during which time I cut about an LP's worth of material, none of which ever saw the light of day. Were they except in- one one song, which the Dirt Bombs play. <laughs> weren't they interested in anything? You had four years worth of genius Mick Collins material, and Warner Brothers couldn't hear anything in four years worth of stuff. What was going on? What did they say? What did they want? I don't really know, but you know that that was during the four years where they had that huge shakeup, where all those labels got, all those bands got dropped, and all those labels got consolidated. That happened right in the middle of the four years I was there. So, were you allowed to release anything on any other labels, or were you kind of tied to Warner Brothers at that time? Um, no, I did, although they technically didn't know about them. <laughs> that was during the the first Dirt Bombs LP came out during that period. <laughs> And you are Mick Collins of the Dirt Bombs, speaking to us live from Banff. Jasper, whereabouts are you right now? I'm in Banff. You are in Banff and coming to Vancouver. I'm, I'm in a coffee shop on the main drag. Coming to tomorrow, coming coming tomorrow to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, to Riches and Riches. If anybody has any questions for Mick Collins, they can phone him right now at 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR, Mick Collins of the Dirt Bombs. How did you get on In the Red, and how did Sparks get on In the Red, and what's the difference between Sparks getting on In the Red and you getting on In the Red? Um, well, I don't know how Sparks got there. I think the In the Red probably called them because the guy who runs In the Red is a really huge Sparks fan. And uh, the way the Dirt Bombs got on the Red was because um, several Glory 7-inches came out on In the Red, or a little two anyway. So he had known about me for a long time. And we'd had, we'd, we'd had a we'd had a business you know working relationship and friendship for years before the Dirt Bombs even formed. Because I was so think- it was it was a natural that uh, I would record for In the Red in, in in some capacity. But it doesn't seem too natural that Sparks would record for In the Red. How did they even know about In the Red? Like it is pretty cool that they phoned up Larry wanting to get on In the Red. Yeah, and it worked out. You know, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, I don't know. I don't know how that. I never found out the story about how Sparks wound up on In the Red. One of them called the other. It was probably totally a cold call, too. 
Like maybe Le- in the red found out that Sparks was looking for a record label and they jumped on it. Have have you got a chance to meet Sparks at all? Has Larry told you any Sparks stories? He he did tell me that uh, that they heard the recordings that we made and that they loved them. <laughs> they're they're pretty chuffed about uh, about a band like us covering their songs. Um, although I have not had a chance to meet them because they're in England right now preparing to perform their entire catalog in order. Which the Dirt Bombs will do very shortly. Like t- <laughs> like tomorrow night in Vancouver. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't even know what the order... I have no idea what the order of the Dirt Bombs catalog is. If you took all the singles into account, we were making singles at you know, like two a day <laughs> at one point. Mick Collins. We record the singles at like in batches of three and four, and then they just send them all out. Mick Collins of the Dirt Bombs from Detroit, Michigan. What can you tell me, winding up here, Mick Collins, about Blondies, the legendary club Blondies? I think there was a club called Blondies in Detroit. I just heard all these crazy stories about Blondies in Detroit. Was there a club called Blondies? Oh, Bookies. Bookies? Yeah. There was Bookies Club 870. There was the, yeah, there was. Oh, no, wait, 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 Blondies? Blondies, I heard it was like a crazy, sort of almost like a roadhouse club. Oh, oh yeah, Blondies on Seven Mile. <laughs> yeah, the Gorys played there once. It was like, yeah, you're right, it was totally, when you said roadhouse, I remembered what the place was. Yeah, it's totally, it was like a rock club. It's, not, it's, it's long gone now. It's probably a Starbucks or something. Have you played um, places like that since? Was that unique to, your, to Detroit? <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. There's the Mohawk in uh, Buffalo, New York, which is just like it. <laughs> and um, probably several places. In, uh, we played a place in, not Fremantle, where was that place? There was a place in Australia, Geelong. There was a club in Geelong in uh, Australia that was a lot like it as well. Um, yeah, we play places. We still play places like that occasionally. Have you actually opened for Blondie? Have the Dirt Bombs opened for Blondie? Yes, we did. Two or three lineups ago, we opened for Blondie, the, the, the legendary New York band Blondie, at, a, uh, at an amphitheater in southeast Michigan. Nick Collins of the Dirt Bombs, <laughs> what can you show. tell me about the glory days of the Gold Dollar Club in Detroit? The glory days. The glory days. Of the Gold well, the, Dollar. The Gold Dollar was a club where you could show up any night of the week and you were liable to see anything. Just about every band that you currently know of that came from Detroit played more than one show at the Gold Dollar in their formative years. That would include the Electric Six and the Cobras and the White Stripes and even the Dirt Bombs, of which there are several photographs of our first show at the Gold Dollar floating around the Internet. How hard is it to get a show in Detroit, or how hard was it for you to get shows in Detroit for any of your bands? Did you ever, ever have to give demo tapes? Was it, have you ever had a hard time getting a show in Detroit? No, 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 no. There are enough venues in Detroit where if you want to play, you can find a place to play. It, it's, it's really easy. It's, we don't, you know, have to, I mean, the, the clubs there will, will, will book an act. They don't, it's not, you know, they don't, they're not really concerned about how cool or whatever, you know, what your image is act-wise. If you want to play, you can play. Mick Collins. You might wind up playing with a metal band or something, but it'll be all right. <laughs> Mick Collins, speaking of winding up and speaking of Detroit and speaking of 7 Mile, 8 Mile, 9 Mile, coming up in a Nardwarty Human Serviette radio show, right after you, I'm going to be talking to legendary rapper Blowfly. He's coming up in a Nardwarty Human Serviette radio show. Wow. Have you, ever, have you ever encountered Blowfly before? Because you have a bit of a rap background, don't you? 
Uh, a little bit of one. I I, I did I did do lap. I, I was saying I was backup on a rap LP once, a, a single. That was La Vie, La Vie, say La Vie. La Vie. Yeah. Say, yep. La Vie. Uh, oh, I haven't uh, seen him in forever. And how about Blowfly? Have you ever seen Blowfly perform? I haven't seen him perform live, although I know he is on tour right now, or at least getting ready to. He has a couple of new records out. He's back in. Like he he he's been he's very prolific, and uh, you know. Um, I'm sure he's an interesting cat to talk to. I spoke to people who played on his more recent LPs, but I haven't actually I haven't actually met him. Mick Collins of the Dirt Bombs. What about MC Search? Is he now based in Detroit from third base? MC Search is he now in Detroit? The secret history of Detroit rap. <laughs> he could very well be. <laughs> you know, we keep you know we keep hearing stories, and people keep having sightings in record stores. <laughs> Maybe he is. Like Insane Clown Posse. That's Detroit rap. Did you ever play any gigs with them? The ICP. Oh, you know, we, there, there's a Dirt Bomb connection with ICP in that um, they're, one of their photographers was an ex-Dirt Bomb drummer, E-Wolf. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, did you ever do any gigs oh, with... And also, they're, they're pro- one of their producers, um, Mikey Clark, uh, was also... Uh, the engineer on the last Corey's LP. Did you ever do any gigs with Insane Clown Posse or Kid Rock or Eminem? Have you been on any rap festivals, or did you ever see any early <laughs> gigs by those people? That would be pretty funny. Um, no, I used to see Kid Rock walking around town, though. I worked in a record shop in Royal Oak, Michigan, and every other Saturday he would come into town and buy hats. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to out Kid Rock now for all of Canada. Kid Rock has a silly hat collection. What makes a silly hat? What makes a silly he collects, hat? He collects silly hats. He has like straw boaters and propeller beanies and floppy like suede hats and all sorts of really crazy ones. So Kid Rock is unique to Detroit. The Dirt Bombs are unique to Tro- Detroit. What about Ghetto Blaster Beer? Is that unique to Detroit? Ghetto Blaster Beer? Yes, it is. It is right now it is Detroit only, but he's trying to go national with it. I'm, <laughs> and I named that. I'm sure that's why you brought it up. No, I did not know you named it. Oh, yes. I named that beer. You named a beer. That is <laughs> yes. pretty cool, actually. That's a real accomplishment. <laughs> you actually named a... Wow, McCollins of the Dirt Bombs playing tomorrow night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You can add beer entrepreneur to your resume as well. <laughs> How about Detroit, though? Is it easy to find a place to live in Detroit? You said it's easy to get a gig. How about to find a place to live? I know it's emptying out and stuff, but is it easy <laughs> to find a place to live? You can buy a house in Detroit for $5,000. Is anybody doing that? <laughs> no, which is crazy because if you're an artist and you want to devote time to your art, you can move to Detroit, buy a house. You would have a house, wouldn't have to worry about having a place to stay. You could con- concentrate on your art and live like a human being. Which... I would say if, if, you know, Detroit was is, is made right now. Detroit is tailor-made for artists. Would you have any neighbors at all? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> In a $5,000 house, you might have a couple of neighbors. <laughs> you might, they might be the only other people on the block, mind you. Mick Collins of the Dirt Bombs. Winding up here, you're from Detroit, Michigan. A couple more Detroit questions here. You talked about metal, a bit of allusion to metal. You might end up playing a metal club. What do you remember about the metal club called Harpos, where Seduce cut their teeth? Remember Seduce from from Decline of Western Civilization Part 2? There's Seduce, the metal band. 
Oh, uh, yes. The, uh, that cult. I actually did see, I saw 10 years after Open for a band called What Is This? <laughs> at, at, the, at the Harpo's. Harpo's, as far as I know, Harpo's is still there. Did you ever play I Harpo's? I have been to it in forever. No, we've never played there. No, it's, you... a, it's a good club, though. It's, it'd be, it would be a good venue if they booked more than metal acts there. So the Dirt Bomb's ICP connection and Sign Clown Posse connection, but also you had Troy Gregory in your band, and he had a metal connection, too, with Prong. That's right. Troy wrote and, and sang, um, oh, what's the name of the song? <laughs> They're a big hit. <laughs> I can't remember. So you yeah, do... Troy was in Prong. So there's metal as well. There's Harpo's. There's a Harpo's feel there too for the Dirt Bombs. You got the Harpo's sure, happening there. I'm sure Troy played. I'm sure Troy played Harpo's more than once. The General Motors building in Detroit that's made famous by Michael Moore is that still empty? It was empty for a while. Is that empty? The General Motors building? Oh no, it was never empty. It was um, the General Motors building is now actually the City Hall. Oh really? Yeah, General Motors cut a deal with the City of Detroit where they bought. The uh, Renaissance Center, like the you know, emblematic building in Detroit, they moved the General Motors headquarters into the Renaissance Center, and in return, City Hall moved to the old General Motors building. Has Michael Moore ever seen the dirt bombs? Um, not to my knowledge. He'd probably like us if he did, though. And a couple other little things here about Detroit or Mick Collins from the Dirt Bombs playing tomorrow night at Riches and Richards. The Dirt Bombs are from Detroit, Michigan. What about these places? Greenfield Village, that like museum <laughs> created by Henry Ford, the Wright Brothers' original bicycle shop. One of the Edison laboratories was like in there as well or something. What's the deal on all that stuff? Yeah, Henry Ford uh, bought those buildings and moved them to, to Dearborn, Michigan. And they're, they're there in their state, in their preserved state, as they were 100 or more years ago. What's they're all there, and they're really great. And they have, uh, like, reenactors, you know, who are in there acting like Edison's lab text sort of thing. It's what, pretty cool. What's the deal, Mick Collins, on the Windsor Casino? The Windsor Casino. Have you been to the Windsor Casino? Uh, I took my, it's funny you should say that because I took my uncle there about six months ago. <laughs> My uncle's from from uh, Louisiana, and uh, he had never been. He wanted he wanted to go see it, so I took him over there. Mick Collins, what was the mayor Coleman Young like from Detroit? What was Coleman Young like? He was short tempered, uh, probably. Uh, <laughs> let's see, what else? Venal, <laughs> corrupt, <laughs> and entirely liked by everyone in town. And he was in there for a little while, wasn't he? He was there. He was there for most of my life. I think he was elected in uh, 1972, and he stayed mayor until 1989 or 1998, maybe. No, no, it was, like, it was more than that. It was like until 1990. It was in the 90s, I think. He finally retired. Mick Collins, you are on In the Red Records. You've also been on many other labels, including Sympathy for the Record Industry. What's going on with Long Gone John? Is he living in Olympia, Washington now? Have you been in contact with Long Gone John at all? No, John and I haven't spoken in about probably four years. <laughs> I heard he was—I heard he was living in Washington now, but I, I don't know. I've, like I said, I haven't talked to him in forever. How does a band get to do a split with the Dirt Bombs? For instance, King Kong, <laughs> the band King Kong and the Shrines, are having a split with you or have a split with you. How does a band get to do a split with the Dirt Bombs? Do you like audition the other band? How do you do that? Oh no! What happened with that with the King Kong record was that the record label, which was in Germany. Um, asked us both to, to do a split album with the other. We were like, yeah, sure, we'll do it. Just don't expect, you know, 
<laughs> don't expect us to sound like any the other band is all we, is all we told them. And they were okay with it. Mick Collins of the Dirt Bombs, you said, quote, we got famous in England, unquote. Are you still famous in England? Um, yeah, well, probably. It's funny you should say that because I was just thinking about that earlier in this tour. We're probably more famous in the Netherlands than we are in England, although we get a lot of press in England. So I guess I have to assume that we're fairly famous there still. How famous were you in England? Did they treat you with the respect that you deserve, Mick Collins? The respect that you're going to get tomorrow night at Richards on Richards. How famous were you in England? Or how fa- what did you get there? How do you know you're famous? How do you know you're famous? Well, well what, what, happened, what kept happening with us was we would walk into a store, and the people who ran the store would recognize us. <laughs> to a store we'd never been to before. Like, we'd be in a store in Liverpool or Newcastle or something, and, every, and they would know who we were. But is that being famous? Isn't famous that they recognize you and then they give you free stuff? <laughs> I suppose that's a measure. We're not, so we're not that famous. We're famous enough to be recognized, but not famous enough to get free stuff. Mick Collins, what, what's going on with Tom Potter and Terry Wall, some ex-associates of yours? Tom Potter is writing screenplays, and Terry Wall owns a restaurant in Los Angeles. Oh, really? What restaurant? I want to check it out. Can I go to it? Uh, I, Yes, you can go to it. It's in Eagle Rock. It's called Auntie M's. What are the specialties? What's what's on the menu? I recommend the. Uh, she has the. There's a really amazing like turkey sausage breakfast, which was fabulous, and she was just on the Food Network uh, on Bobby Flay's challenge. So does that mean that when you were touring with them way back when, that was the Screws, right? Your band, the Screws. When you were touring with the Screws, was Terry good at cooking then? Um, I didn't know she cooked at the time, actually. So she held that back oh. for you. <laughs> yeah, well, she was a, she was a caterer, but she you know she lived on the other side of town, so we never I never got to eat her cooking really. Mick Collins of the Dirt Bombs, thanks for speaking to me, Nardwar to Human Serviette. We're going to end right now with a selection that you will pick from your brand new CD. We have you surrounded. What would you like uh, to hear on there from your brand new I CD? I would recommend. Something... I guess I would recommend Wreck My Flow. And what track number is that? Looking at this promo copy that I've got. I don't actually even <laughs> oh, no. see it. I don't even see I it don't... on here. It's not even on. Oh, oh. Re... oh you spell wreck with a W-R. Oh, that's, yes. that's tricky. One, two, three, four. It's right after Sherlock Holmes. Wreck My okay, Flow. Yeah, I think it's track five. I think it's track four, actually. Track four? Okay, yeah. One, two, one, two, three, four. (laughs) I think it's track four. What can you tell the people about Wreck My Flow? Is there any Detroit in this song? Is there any Detroit in this song? Oh, yes. There's quite a bit in several ways. It originally, the song was originally about driving around Detroit. There's a street in Detroit called Wyoming Avenue, um, which is... Uh, very tricky to drive because it's badly paved and it's heavily trafficked. So you really have to, and, and everybody else has to, who drives it is insane, apparently. So you really have to know what you're doing in order to get to get around it. And I was complaining about it one day, and it became a song. And uh, But then, as I, as I kept working the song, it, it changed. But it was originally about driving in Detroit. And also, it, uh, it has a heavy dance beat, which is what Detroiters love. And after that, I'm going to follow up with F-I-D-O. What can you tell the people about F-I-D-O by the Dirt Bombs? <laughs> oh, that one was just a, it was a lark. It came about by, uh, you know, we, it was one of, the, one of the few songs I ever wrote that, that came about from phrases that people were playing while we were recording the album. Things just, you know, I kept, you know, 
sticking them together like Legos, <laughs> and it became a song. <laughs> Fido is a military term. It stands for fuck it, drive on. Well, thank you very much, Mick Collins. Fuck it and drive on yourself to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Richards on Richards. Tomorrow night, the Dirt Bombs hit Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Who's playing with you tomorrow night? Do you know? Uh, Dan Sartain is playing with us. And he's a Detroiter too, isn't he? No, he's from Alabama. Okay, sorry, but... Many Alabamans move. Lots of people from Alabama are into Detroit music, right? So that's okay. He's an honorary Detroit guy. That's right. Well, thanks so much, Mick. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Oh, no. I'm looking forward to seeing Vancouver again. We love it. Why should people care about the Dirt Bombs? Why should people care about the Dirt Bombs? Because we rock. All right. Well, thanks so much, Mick. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 Thanks.
with Sherlock Holmes and never argue with a band member about what order the songs are or what numbers the tracks are. I was wrong! I thought that the actual track was number four, but it actually was number five, the Dirt Bomb song that that he had requested Mick Collins from the Dirt Bombs. Coming up, an interview with Blowfly, but we will get and we will return you to the Dirt Bomb selection that was recommended by Mick Collins from the Dirt Bombs. And the name of the song is Wreck My Flow. But that was a, a good excuse to play more Dirt Bombs on CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. This is the Dirt Bombs Wreck My Flow playing tomorrow night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And then some Blowfly. <laughs> Back to 
my flow. Everybody trying to wreck my flow. You always gotta wreck my flow. Everybody trying to 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 wreck my Listening to CITR Radio, FM 
102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have on the line right now? Hello, are you there, callers? Hello, British Columbia, Canada. I'll be coming over there to pay you freaks a visit. This is Blowfly, the world baddest part nigger, part German, and part Suinian. <laughs> and we also have on the line, hello, are you also there, caller? Caller number two, who are you? This is Uncle Tom of the Weird World of Blowfly, Blowfly's head cracker. I don't just help Blowfly, I help Blowfly be nastier. Welcome to the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. Why, thank you, Nardwar. Blowfly, Tom, you are coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Soon, very soon. Very soon. Twelve days, Nardwar. Pardon me, thirteen. We are coming. In fact, Blowfly has written an opera just for this occasion, haven't you, Blowfly? That's right. And Nardwar, can I ask you a question? Go ahead, Blowfly. Actually, we should say right off the bat, if anybody has any questions for Blowfly, it is 604-822-2487. 604-822-2487. And let me also say, the following is an interview with Blowfly. The opinions expressed are only those of Blowfly. If you are easily offended by Blowfly, please tune out right now, because there could be right some offensive that. stuff. <laughs> You better run, but you can't hide, Vancouver. Uh, You're not what? Yes, Blowfly. Isn't it true to the rumor that Michael Jackson told me that your name is not what? Because whenever you nod, gays, lesbian, and transvestites shoot they ward. <laughs> Baha boom! I will have to investigate that, Blowfly. But first, we should reacquaint the viewers, the listeners, the fans to Blowfly. People have been quite aware of the Blowfly phenomenon for many years. Right, Tom? Absolutely. And right, 45 years in running. Um, right up now, in the 45th year, you have some new releases, don't you? Yes, we do. Yep. We've got Blowfly live at the Platypussery coming out. We recorded this in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, last February, and it's hitting stores in July, and it's the first ever Blowfly live album. Two two records are called Blowfly on Tour and Blowfly on Tour 86, but they are studio albums, a farce. This will be the first Blowfly record, isn't it, Blowfly? Your first one, and I don't did hundreds of thousands of them, and that's the first live album on Blowfly, first, very first. And if that wasn't enough, Nardwar, there's more, because the weird world of Blowfly is getting even weirder, because we're in the process right now of making a record with Otto von Schirach. Now, the first is... song is called Zombie Hookers from Outer Space. Now, who is Otto? Blowfly come in your mop and shit in your face. Blowfly, who is Otto? Because he wears a cape and a mask, just like you. He's well, Otto's from Miami, Nardwar, of course he does. <laughs> Boom. So people still may be wondering, who is Blowfly? Well, we can help you with that. I thought, Blowfly and Tom, we would take the viewers down memory lane and play a few clips of people, some new, some old, some new clips, some old clips, some dead people, some alive people, of what the Blowfly legend is. And the first clip here is of legendary producer DJ Quick speaking about... Blowfly. I was curious, sir, DJ Quick. What can you tell us about Blowfly here? This is, is this the idol. first oh, rapper? This is my idol. Of course oh. he is. If it wasn't for him, I would have never wrote Black. Can y'all edit? 
Yes. I wouldn't have never wrote Sweet Black Pussy had I not heard this guy. Wow. Weird world. And how do you, this, this is pristine, man. That's a reissue of Blowfly. So what can you tell the people about Blowfly and the influence on DJ Quick? Blowfly might be my uncle or something. He, like, started rap. He claims he started rap. Um, in a sense, he did. I mean, because he was doing it, like, like early 70s. Like, like when we get whoopings for listening to these records, he was doing it then. You know what I mean? And then Curtis Blow came out. That was, like, the second rapper I knew about. But Blowfly was the first rapper I ever heard. There we have Blowfly. DJ Quick giving you props. Well, he should be giving us props because uh, he didn't exactly write Sweetback Pussy. What he did was sample the Incredible Fuck and run it the entire time and not pay him. Yeah. So he's more than his uncle. He's his daddy, his grandpappy, and, you know, he deserves a spanking. However... Go where the, 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 before the 70s, <laughs> the 60s and 59, when an auto east from East Germany, I have a record out on that, 78. A lot of people don't know what a 78 is. That's how far back I go. Blowfly, there also is Weird Al. I did an interview with Weird Al. Are you familiar with Weird Al at all? Weird, Weird Al Jenka bitch. I call him Yanka bitch. <laughs> and here, One of my favorite people. And Weird Al. Boom. Have you, have you met Weird Al at all before? Of course, at TK's. You come like the TK's days out there and we did stuff you know, and mess with each other out there. Yeah. At TK Records, he would come into TK Records? Yeah, oh, they didn't call it then. That was way back there. Austin, Austin, that's labor recorded for Austin, Betty Wright, Casey, and Brooke Casey out there, and Rick Finch and all those people. So here is Weird Al Yankovic talking about Blowfly, who is coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Right, Tom? Absolutely. On the 22nd so here, of this month here at the Biltmore Cabaret with the, Mr. Plow and Anti-Scene and DJ Betty Ford. Here is... Weird Al on Blowfly. Blowfly, are Blowfly. you? What can you I tell? I used to shave his uncle. What can you tell the people about Blowfly? He is on Weird World Record. Uh-huh. I, I, I've, uh huh. I've I haven't heard a lot of Blowfly's material, but I've heard him described as an X-rated Weird Al Yankovic. Which I was wondering about. Would you ever do any weird parodies? Would you ever do any weird X-rated parodies? Or have you done them weird out? But, but then people would confuse me with Blowfly. And, you know, we, we get confused on the street all the time. You know, a lot of times I'd be walking down the street and people go, Hey, Blowfly! And I go, No, no, no. Blowfly looks like this. I, I bring this album cover along with me so I can show the difference. This is me. This is Blowfly. And this is Blowfly's friend. But they do have some similarities. They do. Al and Blowfly do Blowfly. have some similarities, don't they, Al? Yes, less than a syllable apart. Well, the similarities, for instance, Blowfly takes a song, Sitting on the Dock of the... Bay? And turns it into Shitting on the... Dock? Of the... Bay? He got in big trouble from Otis Wedding's Rife, but then, believe it or not, you know what happened? Well, what happened to Otis Wedding's Rife? Well, Blowfly was able to show a picture of him and Otis Redding together, and everything was, you know, okay. You can do anything with Photoshop these days. Weird Al, Blowfly has a message for you. I contacted Blowfly, and he has a message for you. Let's hear it right now. This is Blowfly's message, Weird Al. Al, would you do a split single with us and finally unite the two weird parody artists? He did not say that. Yes, he did. Give me, let me see that. He did, right there, right there. I contacted Blowfly. You're right, you're right. I contacted Blowfly, so would you like to address Blowfly at all. Blowfly, have your peeps talk to my peeps. We'll do lunch. Okay, but you're going to have to have a huge piece to deal with the world that is nigger lapina, boy. 
We'll be in L.A. next Wednesday, baby. I'll call you. Don't you worry. <laughs> so that was Take care, Weird Al. You're special. That was Weird Al on Blowfly, coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. What was Weird Al talking about there? You were going to say something there, Blowfly, about Weird Al as, he was, as I was playing back that clip. <laughs> about when you used to sing to Otis. Yeah, about when I used to sing to Otis. Otis would come down to the surgery on night me because I had Kellen. It wouldn't go on. And my mother said, they're calling you. And I'd have to catch a cab and run down there and go in the dressing room and sing shit in the morning, son. And a lot of people don't know this. I forgot to tell Tom might know it. He got. I try to tell him everything because he's not just my manager, my good friend. I was this close to being on that fucking plane because they liked me to go wrong and do shit to keep them laughing. And at the last minute, my mama got sick and I couldn't make the flight. But with the barcades and all that shit when the plane crashed, I was close to being on it. Thank God you survived and didn't go on the plane. Thank God that they didn't take you along. And thank God that you were available to come to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You're on, right about that. On May I love Canada. On May Canada 22nd. It's going to be wet when I get there. May 22nd to the Biltmore and Blowfly and Tom of the Blowfly Rock and Roll Ensemble. We have another clip here explaining about Blowfly. This is your life, Blowfly. This clip you have heard before. It is Jimmy J.J. Walker from Good, <laughs> from good, boy. good Times talking about Blowfly. I wanted to ask you there, J.J., Jimmy oh, Walker, no, about a few other groups and stuff. This gentleman oh, right Oh, what is this? Blowfly. I do know Blowfly, actually, and uh, he's a guy that uh, is a pretty low comic. He's lower than Red Fox, actually, and I do know this guy. He's been around for a long time, and uh, he does kind of a X-rated kind of humor. Not for me. Thank you. But he's still around now. He's still around, definitely. This guy knows everybody. I put my album out, which is much more better. And then Rudy Ray Moore. But yeah, definitely. Come on, give Blowfly some props. Blowfly Disco. Come on, did it, did it, did it to your satisfied. That's enough of <laughs> <enough> Blowfly. <laughs> Jimmy J.J. Walker, do you remember? J.J. Walker, that's there for joint juice. You crack up when I tell him that. Did you ever, has he been to any reunited Blowfly gigs? Because now you're back on the road, Tom. Who's come out to see Blowfly once the Blowfly's been back out on the road? Well, let's see here. We've had a lot of people show up and then run out the back door. We had Snoop Dogg <laughs> do that once. And let's see here. We had the, the cast of, um, of the revival of Cats come out to see us. Right, and Snoop Dogg, don't do that. What about the and vagina monologue? Oh, oh, we, and most importantly, most importantly, I mean, some of, I don't know how big German punk rock is in, in British Columbia, but I'll tell you, we had a very important guest in Berlin um, last, last fall. Die, we had the band Diarza show up, who are huge. They are the Green Day of Germany. And they came and saw us, and everyone was freaking out that they were there. And they go to our road manager, and they go, you are the road manager for Blowfly? We have big things planned next year. They must come. <laughs> and we are. We're headlining seven 18,000-seat venues with them this summer in Germany. Uh, now, how is that going to translate Blowfly? How will the Germans like Blowfly? Because you've been to Germany before. Do Germans understand the word fuck? They sure do. And from the 80s, I had that first black president record what me and my secretary mrs clint do some weird shit and it was a coincidence that clint and monica whiskey looked like they copied us the germans thought they copied us they didn't it's a coincidence but uh big in germany yep 
Recently, I had a chance to speak to Flavor Flav from the rock and roll punk rap band Public Enemy. And this is Flavor Public Enemy, my boy. And this is Flavor Flav. Have you met Flavor Flav or watched his TV shows at All Blowfly? I watched his TV show. I hadn't met him. And here is Flavor Flav on Blowfly. Flavor Flav, you have the song Fight the Power. Now, was Fight the Power apparently inspired by this gentleman right here, Blowfly? No. Chuck D has said... I don't think so. Chuck D said that Fight the Power was directly inspired by Blowfly's rap. Wow, yeah? Well, you know what? That's something that I didn't know, but then again, see, Chuck knows best because he's the one that wrote the record. Flavor Flav. Blowfly? Shoot, come on, man. I'm a big fan of Blowfly. You know what I'm saying? There we have it. Flavor Flav, Blowfly. <laughs> and Chuck D is coming to see us in L.A. Yep. What He'll is, be there on Thursday. What is the song Blowfly's Rap all about, Blowfly? Blowfly's Rap. When did Blowfly's Rap come out? And what is he talking about, Fight the Power and Blowfly's Rap? <laughs> well, what happened is, well, I'll, I'll help with the story just one second, Mr. Blowfly, which is that... Mr. Blowfly has a line that says, you sure you want to fuck with me? Motherfuck you and motherfuck Muhammad Ali. And mm-hmm. Chuck D flipped that and turned it into a white thing, motherfuck you and John Wayne, and made all us crackers crazy. <laughs> and Blowfly, Blowfly's yep. rap, when did that come about? When did you write Blowfly's rap? That happened way back in the 50s. And I uh, mean, Chris Kostrasen had a little... He was saying, good buddy, and I had to explain it to him. We was on a beach, Ryan Jack Gleason, and I just said to Robert, you don't know. I said, I'm from the country. Try to t- tell them old white guys over there, say, what's up, good buddy? And he did, and they said, first of all, I'm not your fucking good buddy. And Chris, what, what, what's wrong with that? I said, your good buddy is a male friend who will lick your asshole clean and swallow your cup. <laughs> that goes way back for good buddy, you know, from those truckers over there and everything. And uh, so we used to do that and in the 50s because um, that this is Blowfly, the master player. My mom, grandmother named me that way back in the 40s. She said, I'm no better than a Blowfly. I'm a disgrace of the human race. And so the white girls started calling me Blowfly. And I go, that's what I would do in this church. I'm jerking my dick over your love here, Billy. Most black people like the blues. Can't like the blues for the corn don't grow the hen don't lay. Your wife was fucking around the start of this day. So I would do the blowfly shit and take it to the maximum, you know. Tom, Chuck yeah. D, how did he contact you? How are you sure he's going to be at the gig? I am positive, although he may not show up now if he hears this uh, radio broadcast. But fortunately, I don't think he can hear you in L.A. yet. But um, he knows the guy who's making the movie about us, the weird blowfly. Clarence Reed is Blowfly, or it could be called The Weird World of Blowfly, who is Jonathan Fermansky, who also made Loud, Quiet, Loud, the Pixies documentary. So we've been told that uh, that Chuck is showing up, but we'll see. We've had a lot of people say they're going to show up, and then either they show yeah, up yeah, and split, yeah. or um, you know they just run away because they're little girls. And you are Blowfly coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. That's right. On May the twenty second. And even more important, we keep forgetting to mention this, more. but Norwood Fisher from Fishbone will be playing bass with Blowfly for the first time in yeah. seven years. What, yep, do you, what, yep. what do you remember about your time with Norwood from Fishbone and the Blowfly experience there, Blowfly? Oh, that's some good days. The year of the Andrew struck, 
and it was bad and with no work and then no one them called me and, and about working at the lingerie and and I asked him, I said uh try to make it fast. When I rehearsing, uh we rehearsed when to get there. Now most men you take you have to get there and rehearse three or four times, about four or five days for them to get there. So make long story short, I get there and Jim and Matt's gonna take me there and uh, they standing up over there. I said, Okay. Rap dirty. Hold it, hold it. Then cut about pop. What the fuck are you guys? It was no wood. It was Jim Kelly from uh you know who Jim Kelly is, Antonio Farga and uh Polita Chili Peppers, all them were stars there and at the lingerie downtown and that's how it started. Blue Fly, as well as Chuck D, Flavor Flav, JJ, Weird Al, DJ Quick, all these people. There also was another gentleman, you kind of alluded to him earlier, Snoop Dogg. Of course, that is kind of how I first got turned on to the Blowfly was my obsession with Snoop Dogg and, should I say, Snoop Dogg's obsession with records. And it kind of went to this clip right here. This is Snoop Doggy Dogg on Blowfly. Okay, here we go. Oh, sorry, one sec. This is Snoop Doggy Dogg on Blowfly. Flavor Flav, you have to say. Ah, no, that's not Snoop Doggy Dog. This is Snoop Doggy Dog. We've played. Maybe this is a hint not to play the clip over and over again, because we've played this clip quite a few times, haven't we, Tom? Oh, over and over again. But you know what? It never gets old listening to Snoop squeal like a little girl. So here is Snoop, <laughs> Snoop Doggy Dog. Snoop, Blowfly. What can you tell the people about Blowfly? DJ Quick is down with Blowfly. Me too. Uh, rap Dirty, Blowfly's Convoy, uh, the uh, Electronic Pussy, uh, uh, what else is on here? Sesame Street, Batman Sign, One Less Dick, Tom Jones Show. Blowfly is a legend, man. He was one of him and Rudy Ray Moore. Well, they had, they had records back in the days. They used to be at my house, and they used to be up under the uh, Capone set. And my moms would leave, I'd slap them on, listen to what they say, and just have a ball listening to them. Man, this is another record I'm taking from you. Actually, there's no album in that one. You'll just... I just need to cover. So there we go. Snoop Doggy Dog stealing my Blowfly record, Blowfly. Well, he stole our act. He might as well steal your record, too. Ba-boom! <laughs> but Blowfly, you... <laughs> That's what he stole your record, <laughs> Blowfly, you were helpful enough to help me get back at Snoop Dogg, weren't you? Yes, I was. You helped me. You really help people. And actually, if anybody out there needs any help right now, we are live here on CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Phone in right now and Blowfly... And Blowfly can help you with your love life, Nardwar. Love... Certainly, there's some people, that, some lonely people in British Columbia who could get a date, <laughs> you know, right now if they ask Blowfly for some advice. Some and then ad... they can go to our show, which is in a hotel, the Biltmore Cabaret, in a hotel. Go right upstairs and take care of business. Isn't that right, Mr. Mr. Blowfly. That's right. And I do mean take care of business. That's 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. So Blowfly can help you with your love life, and Blowfly helped me, Nardwar the Human Serviette, get back indirectly at Snoop Doggy Dog. So this is my encounter with Snoop Doggy Dog a few years after he stole my Blowfly records, and Blowfly helped me get back at Snoop Doggy 
Dog. Here is Blowfly's message to Snoop Dogg for taking my record. And here we go. Snoop, you remember you Snoop my fucking record, dog? You are a fucking dysentery and bone burying, tick catching, police scratching, likes erasing, hoe chasing, no growling, full moon howling, no listen, fighting, pissing, no barking, bone hawking, collar carrying, hound marrying, cat beating, apple eating, poor excuse for major mutt. Your breath smell like undushed lasher butt. But I'm out of the cut. In exactly 13 days from now, Snoop, you're going to look down and find a beautiful pussy where your little dick used to be. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. to the rescue. Blowfly sticking up for me, Snoop Doggy Dog. Well, shit, that's some OG shit right there because Blowfly is a real motherfucker. You know what I'm talking about? And this is the real McCoy. Come on and join Blowfly's convoy. So are you ever going to sing with Blowfly on the stage? He wants you to sing with him on stage, the convoy. I want to I get down with Blowfly. Blowfly, I want to get in the studio with you, make some music with you, and do it big with you. You're one of the artists that I'm looking forward to working to. I always wanted to get down with you. And remember also, you mess with Nardwater Human Serviette and Blowfly will come after you, Snoop. What's going to happen in 13 days, eh? I'm going to leave you alone because I don't want that to happen, man. I don't want Uncle Blowfly to put that curse on me. <laughs> Thank you, Blowfly. Okay, Ian, I think I'll put another curse on him. You have another one. He puts Snoop, this is for you because I love you. He puts, he puts plenty of action. Thirteen days, you're going to wake up look naked with Michael Jackson. Total chaos and very little joy. He's going to say, Snoop, you're a grown man. You're not a 13-year-old boy. But get up and turn around. I'm going to forget about your age this one time. <laughs> Disgusting. Tom and Blowfly, did Snoop actually come to a gig then? Here he is extending his hand out to you guys. Have you been able to hook up with Snoop Dogg? Because from these clips I've assembled, it looks like you can have a record with Weird Al and Snoop and Blowfly all together. Hey, we are all for it. You know, at one point about a year and a half ago, Snoop finally told his little man Ted that you can see on Snoop Man, Snoop's Family Values or whatever the hell that show is called. And um, and he called me, or rather, he had his little, um, you know, his Lloyd from uh, Entourage call me, and um, said, "We want to talk to Bullfly right now. We want to talk to Bullfly right now." And you know, and the only only people from Los Angeles can can do this, you know. So they're just on it, on it, on it. And of course, they take the time where Mr. Blowfly has to get in his coffin and drink his blood for the next day. So, you know, I had to call Blowfly, at, beg him, please, 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 get out of the coffin. I'll just get you a tampon so you can suck on that and talk to Snoop. So Snoop calls him. Clarence says, you want to work with me? Talk to Tom. That was the end of it. So <laughs> apparently they're afraid of the white man. But this conversation that I had with Snoop Doggy Dog happened after that, so it's still in Snoop's court there. Like, he's still up for it. He's still up hey, for it. Hey, absolutely, Nardwar. We, we, we are ready. We are ready. It's no, it's no mystery. I've sent a 1,000 posters to Los Angeles. Snoop has to have driven by one of those because I put a bunch up in his neighborhood. So you're coming up to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada to play May 22nd at the Biltmore ah, Hotel, the Biltmore, with anti-scene. Anti-scene. Are they really coming to Vancouver? Anti-scene. Yes, anti-scene are coming to Vancouver. Gray trash is coming. Black trash, white trash equals gray trash. 
And let me tell you something. You ain't seen nothing like a Blowfly Annie Scene show. We've done it three times, and this tour is going down. Blowfly. Yeah, Mike, Nick, I don't stage and whip it out. Let you see all the little ping out. Blowfly, what was it like in Amsterdam when you were in Amsterdam? Blowfly in Amsterdam. Oh, but great. I'm so used to uh, fucked up places that I'm, I was still pissed with Tom because I wanted to butt fuck the Transmanian devil. And Tom wouldn't let me. He just wanted me to fuck the bitches. I'm still. Well, that was in Australia, that. Mr. Blowfly. He's talking about Amsterdam where they smoke oh, all those funny I'm cigarettes. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was Australia. You're right. Amsterdam, Australia. Hey, it's got A in it. Just like A, ass. Right, Mr. Blowfly? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what about Austria? Because I saw a clip on the internet of a Kitty Willenbrook stripping at one of your concerts, Blowfly. And that was actually a that was a that was a wedding party we actually played. It was that was the drummer from Pen- Pungent Stench's wife getting nasty. <laughs> what they had just know? got married, and then they brought us in because Pungent Stench, as some of your listeners may know, Mister Nardwar was the was the heavy metal version of blow it, basically you had in, in metal for, as, as an analog to us you've got the mentors and then you would have punch and stench so they were the european attempt to be nasty and make the rock and roll music so he brought us in which is the proper thing to do if he was going to get married and you know retire himself as a, as a swing and dick player Blowfly, what is the difference between the kids nowadays and the kids from 45 years ago and all the performing that you've been doing? What's the difference between the kids? Well, they, 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 all, they, they don't use they say, What did God say? It's good to be smart, but it's better to be wise. They ain't wise. They take too many chances with their life. They, 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 we got some kids these days. Uh, that do some weird shit, and that's reading them. the average grandma, no matter how many health problems she got, we're going to outlive at least two-thirds of her grandkids. So that should tell you something. And about well, also, they fucked more and kept these, in better spirits because they listened to more Blowfly records back then. <laughs> a lot of these rappers these days, they won't like this, but it's the truth. You can check it. Do you know the difference between rapping and chanting? No, I There's don't. A different. Chanting style, the African cry, Ole Guada, up the beat of my beat, Guada, that's not rapping. Rap is taken from the word rapid, as in rapid fire. Tom, Tom, what was that? That was gunfire. What was that? That was rapid fire. So it's a different, you know, and, and it started then, you know, by a modest person. They said, well, what we got, you started a rap. I said, I was the first black person. And Dick Clark said, well, I don't know about it when you are. I said, you ain't thinking. In 1943, was a, a white guy died and went to heaven. And good guy. And God told him, we don't like no smoking in heaven. He said, well, you might as well send me to hell because I'm going to smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Damn it. Keep punk smoking till I smoke myself to death. Tell St. Peter, the Golden Gate, he's going to have to wait because I just got to have another cigarette. This in the fucking 40, for Christ's sake. You know, those uh, good old bad old boys. Winding up here with Blowfly and Tom, drummer of Blowfly's band, coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, May 22nd at the Biltmore, 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. If anybody out there has any questions for Blowfly regarding their love life or needs advice from Blowfly or would like to ask Blowfly or Tom, of course, some questions, 604 604- 822-2487. Blowfly can help. Blowfly... And you have, and you have to hurry because my batteries are getting weak. The cell phone, I'm on a cell phone, so yeah. 
Blowfly, what is the difference between your show now and back in the 60s or back in the 70s? Did you have dancers in the 70s? Because now I notice you have the Savaginas dancers, right, Tom? Absolutely, Baltimore's finest. And we also have we have dancers all over the place, scattered in wonderful areas. We've got them in Germany. We've got them in L.A. We've got them in Austin, Texas. Wherever there are girls, and more importantly, wherever there are dancing hoes, we have dancers. Were there many dancers in the 1960s joining you on stage, Blowfly? It was, it was a few, but nowhere near like it was here and everything. And they was a little more conservative because they had to be, you know, unless you were... Yeah, the girl would put up a show, coochie hair there. They get the club band and shit on, like Sir John and all those places on the beach. Now it's more. We definitely would have gotten arrested. What we did in in um in San Diego and in Austin, Texas, Mister Blowfly. There's no doubt. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We'd have got thrown in. <laughs> I looked around on stage and I said, "What I was doing?" I think. Would you like to know what happened in San Diego? I was on top of a girl and the rest of them. It was like an orgy on stage. That's what the fuck. Happened? It wasn't like an orgy. It was an orgy. And I think we have a caller right now. Hello, caller, are you there? Hey, what's up, Nardwar? How are you doing? Good. Go ahead to Blowfly. Pardon me? Go ahead to Blowfly. Okay, Blowfly. This basically, I'll keep it short, but I was with a girl here in Vancouver. She's from Mexico. That's where she lives. I was here with her in Vancouver for seven months, and then she went back, visited some friends and family, and she was supposed to come back three months ago. And then, uh, and then, um, basically, we broke up over the phone. Uh, I had sort of pushed her into the arms of another man, and then uh, she said uh, she started calling me and text messaging me, "Hey, I miss you. I want you back." But then, just five days ago, she told me she's pregnant, and it ain't mine. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's kind of a write-off, but I still like the girl, and technically, she was single when it all went down on her side. So I right, just... but it seemed to me, from what I get. You are better than she is. You got to learn how to remember that there's always something better out there just waiting on you. You know, you don't mm. yourself over that. Yeah, that it's moments like these that make seem life a lot shorter, or I mean a lot longer than people say it is. Yeah, yeah, because if you uh, let that down, you're going to miss some good shit that's waiting on you out there. <laughs> and let me put it this way I'm a married yeah. man. Run, run, run! Thank you. You've got a lot of living to do, so then you don't let one person bring it down. All right. All right. That sounds good. That's kind of yeah, what I was tell us that See you next Thursday. I still like her. Yeah, I'll check you. You mark my word, and within 14 days, you got something good on your way. They're going to make her look like Tom and the guy on the phone. They're nude. You don't want to see that shit, do you? <laughs> no, it could have been a lot worse. Well, thank I've you. seen Nardwar without a without a shirt on. Believe me, you don't want to see that. Thank thank you very much, caller, and doot doot a loot doo. Doot doot. And we have another caller. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Go ahead to Blowfly. Blowfly. Yeah. I am. I am an Aquarius. Oh shit! I got to be nice to this guy. Aquarius, the only sign I be nice to. Go ahead. Whatever you want, I do. Well, I have a question regarding Old Dirty Bastard. He gives yep. you a shout-out on his first album, Return to the 36 Chambers. Can yep. you elaborate on that song that you inspired him to do? That's actually Blowfly's song. He sings yep. Yeah, and I miss him. He's a, he's a lot different, God bless the deceased. 
And I said, well, he's going to be like the rest of those fucking rich, filter rich rappers. I'm going to have to get God to come down with a boat of lightning to get pregnant. I got a check in. I said, $6. My mom said, would you look at this shit correctly? And she don't curse you. $6,000. I'm over there to bask. And that wow. was just well, I think, to old Dirty Bastard, we should sing the song of yours that he sang. Can you sing the first time ever you sucked my dick for this lovely person? The first time ever you sucked my dick, I felt a tremble deep in my bones. Yes. Wow. I see y'all dick getting hard. Well, thank you very much, caller. Any other questions at all for Blowfly? No, I just want to send props out to Nardwar, props out to Blowfly. I'll be there on the 22nd. God damn. Well, thank you. Right. What's your mama's name? My mama's name is... <laughs> Hello, caller. <laughs> Yo, Jill. <laughs> My mother's name's Jillian. Oh, Julia, you got a special son there, Julia. And I tell your mom in 13 days you're going to give birth to another little baby without being pregnant. He's going to come out of the womb and say... <laughs> What the hey. fuck is up? Call your puta, your puta. That's going to be my baby. Hey, Nardwar. Yes, caller. Doot-doot-a-loot-doo. Doot-doo. Man, you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, the Nardwar to Human Survey at Radio Show, winding up here with Blowfly and Tom from Blowfly's band, 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. If you have any questions, love, advice, if you have advice to give, Blowfly. If you have questions you want to ask Blowfly about what to do, where to go, what to eat, what to see, 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. We played some clips earlier there of all these different people talking about you. You mentioned this old dirty bastard. Thank you, caller, for mentioning that as well. It's kind of confusing with the blowfly stuff, blowfly. What is electric banana? I've seen that record on the internet, blowfly. What is electric banana? He's a, he's a friend of mine, Bo Crane, and, you know, and, and all of a friend, and he was afraid to call it electronic pussy sucker. So he put electronic banana on there. Because in America, we'd be getting some feedback and some little stuff. But in Germany, they loved it. So in Germany, they put that electronic, put, I'm electronic, put a sucker with a queer wire. I have come in my digits and a rod desire. Now, Nina said, test the green button. I said, the green button, not the red button, you bitch. And of course, the red button shuts me down. Good stuff. Blowfly, Obama, you have a song called Black President, which we're going to end this interview with. What do you think about Obama? Have you played any rallies for Obama? Or is he a rival of yours? No, but listen at the name. I know a few things about him, and a lot of them will get me in trouble. But I was born in the Kluger Klan territory. I'm part nigger, part German, and part Indian. So what do I afraid of trouble? He's like the name say. He's a fucking bomber, all right. <laughs> the best and president in America right now would be Hillary Clinton. You know, they wouldn't admit that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm different. I don't want somebody hanging me because they're black. Well, I heard him if I'm going to get fucked up. Let him do it because he's black. And he ain't exactly black, you know, and he wasn't even born in America. You know. Well, thank you very much, Blowfly and Tom, for phoning in to the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show. We are going to end with the first black president by Blowfly. When was this recorded, Blowfly? This was recorded in 79 and 80s, the last part of 79, the first part of 80s. Like I said, I got a secretary, Miss Clit, 
and the shit that Clinton and Monica Lewinsky did was similar to that years later, but, you know, that's just coincidence. But Germany swear that they copied me, you know, and they copied this shit, and so they loved it over there. Who is Manfly? Who is Manfly? That was our bass player for the summer. He's a He was a groupie of ours. And, and then we too. started going through bass players like uh, like our underwear for a little while there, and um, I called up Manfly, and Manfly is a, a illegitimate white child of Blowflies, and um, he said, "Yes, yes, Father, I will do it," and he did it. He came with us for one full tour. And on this particular short tour, you have Norwood coming up as well. That is right. Norwood is in his rightful place, From laying down the nasty funk for the nastiest man in show business. Vancouver, you're in for a treat. You best pack that shit, or your ass is dead meat. May, no, that's right. May 22nd. And can you take us out, Blowfly, with a song to honor Norwood, to honor Blowfly coming to Vancouver? Do you have a new song that you can sing us? Are you working on any new songs, Blowfly? Well, I think you should I break out Invasion of the Booty Snatchers. I've got a... This is a special occasion about an invasion of the booty smashers, those nasty turret smashers. They have a horrible disease, that's for sure, that only booty from Earth can cure. They attack Germany like a tidal wave, but fucking not to skin here while laying on Hitler's. They fuck Austria and Paris and Frankfurt in the night, and by the time they finished, no ass in Europe was tight. The whole world was coming up staring. Because now they had that dick aimed at America, those Buddhist snatchers, those Nazi turd snatchers. They're just a warm-up of it. Well, thanks so much, Blowfly. Anything else you want to say to the people out there at all, Blowfly? Yes, people. Y'all cut out being prejudiced. You know why? All food from planet Earth comes out the ground. Everybody ever shit it goes in the ground. So when you eat, remember this. You don't look like it. It don't smell like it. It don't taste like it. But it's recycled shit. Everybody's shit goes in the ground. All food comes out of the ground. You eating Saddam Hussein, Dick Bain, President Bush, Supposable Bush, something to write nutsack. And worst of all, you niggers out there, they eat chillings. That's open winters, unemployed, the emeralds. <laughs> now, I wouldn't have said that, but Tom made me say that. Why should people care about Blowfly? Why should people care about Blowfly, Blowfly? Well, because I'm one of the few people out there that is totally, those, I had ministers come to me before I met Tom, and God must have sent Tom, because he's very special. And come on, we're going to ban all this Nancy shit in Philadelphia, rubbing our chops, and I call them out to some of the people. I say, start with the Holy Bible. They didn't know what they were working with. And even my mama, you out of line. I said, no. John the Baptist got his head cut off and served on the silver platter because he wouldn't fuck the dancer. What the terrorists do is copycat. I said, no, after the blood, went to sleep fully clothed, woke up, he had been butt-fucked by his youngest son. And that's what the niggers, the blacks, or whatever you want to call them, come from. I said, God sent his male angel down to Solomon. As soon as they was butt-fucked, I had to tell them, guys, I got two beautiful daughters, 12 and 13, ain't never been touched by man. Please take them. Don't, don't mess with God. Angels, they don't want them girls. Ain't nothing worse than original power. They did some bad. King Solomon used to be wife and kids to the lions and sip wine by the lion till they had some water. Of course, God locked Daniel's mouth and it wouldn't, you know, mess with Daniel. So I'm like a total, you, know, you don't talk about Satan, I know him. And you don't talk about a God because I knew God, you know. 
And that's why you should care about Bluefly, because he's just yep. as dirty as God. Well, thank you very much, Bluefly. Thanks so much, Tom. Keep on rocking in the free world, and do 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 Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the first Nick, I, I mean the first black president of the United States of America, President Blowfly. Thank you. Thank you very much. And like I promised y'all when I was running, I'm going to make sure there are chitlins in every pot, ham hocks in every table, birth control pills in every purse, and we're going to have an orgy every motherfucking weekend. Thank you. Good morning, Mr. President, sir. Good morning, bitch. I'm at Miss Click. This shit's gonna be easy. President don't do nothing but sit on his ass all day and give all this any motherfucking way. Guess I get my head together here. Where's my fucking cocaine? Bet that bitch done moved it again. Miss Click! Mr. President, sir? Could you get your ass in here, please? Right away, sir. What did you do in my ship? Are you constipated, sir? Bitch, you know what I'm talking about, my motherfucking raw dog. Oh, I took your dog to the vet, sir. Oh, I'm talking about coke, cocaine. You know that white powder shit that I put on your pussy when I'm getting ready to eat it? Oh, that, sir. It's right in front of you, sir. Thank you. That'll be all. Stupid bitch. If a pussy wasn't so good, I'd fire her. Let's get over here and get my head together. <sighs> Damn, some good shit. Mr. President, sir? <laughs> shit. What the fuck you want now? Mr. Jackson is here to see you. Mr. Jackson? Reggie Jackson, Andrew Jackson, or Michael Jackson? What? Which one? Mr. Superfly Jackson of the United Pimps Association. Oh, shit. What the fuck he wants? He wants the money you promised him for endorsing you. I told that dumb motherfucker, those assholes at Congress got all the funds frozen. What the fuck he want for my life? Well, he stated that payment in Coke would be sufficient, sir. God, my last Coke. I'll take it. Give it to the motherfucker and get rid of it. That's the end of that shit. I thought this shit was going to be easy. I got it. I got some weed here somewhere. Here it is. Throw me a couple of joints. Mm. <coughs> Mr. President, sir? Oh, shit. What you want now, Miss Click? Mr. Paul is here to see you, sir. Mr. Paul? Paul Newman, Paul Revere, or Paul Anchor? Pope John Paul, sir. John Paul? What do you want? The weed you are currently smoking, sir. Oh, shit. I can see right now, I'm, I'm not gonna like this motherfucking shit at all. Huh, give it to the motherfucker. Can't sniff no coke, can't smoke no dope. Damn, I know what I'd do. Fuck this bitch again. Miss Click, would you come in here, please? Right away, sir. Come on over here, baby, and put off your clothes with your fine uh, self. I'm down. Nah, I don't want to hear that oh, shit this stop. morning. Wait, can't smoke wait, no I dope, can't sniff no coke. Nah, you, nah, sir. later, later. I can hear all of that shit later. Ooh, shit, this. What, what is the red spots on your stomach? That's what I was trying to tell you, sir. What are they? You see, I went to the doctor, and he says I have herpes. The herpes? I resign! 